was able to uh, have a unique playing career, played 12 years in the big league, uh, made it to Philadelphia at 22 years old, spent some time in Philadelphia, Chicago White Sox, Oakland A's, Seattle Mariners, Cleveland Indians as a player. Well, having managed for so long and played for so long, I will tell you this, if you hit, you play. So it's been a delight to be around guys like Steve Carlton and Gaylord Perry, uh, to have managed Greg Maddox and Brian Sandberg. Uh, you know, uh, I played with Ricky Henderson and Goose Gossage and players like that. They're in the Hall of Fame. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Jim Essen, former manager for the Chicago Cubs. Jim Essen started his 46-year professional baseball career in 1970 with the Philadelphia Phillies in the minor league system, where he was tagged as the top's rookie all-star. Over the next three years, he excelled at all levels of minor league baseball, earning all-star recognition at almost every level before breaking into the big leagues with the Phillies in 1973. For the next 11 years, Essen played for the major leagues with the Phillies, A's, White Sox, Mariners, and the Indians. After his playing career, Essen became a manager for the Miami Marlins before moving on to the Chicago Cubs organization in 1986. In his second season as a manager, uh, the uh, Winston-Salem Spirits, Essen brought home the Carolina League Championship and was named Manager of the Year. In 1991, he took the reins as manager of the Chicago Cubs. In 2000, Essen was inducted to the Reading Baseball Hall of Fame. And in 2016, Essen worked alongside Paul Noose of the Diamond Hoppers and the USPBL. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Jim Essien. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast. We're here with Jim Essen, former manager for the Chicago Cubs. Skip, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Well, I'm delighted to join you guys from the great state of Michigan. We have two incredible peninsulas here. I am in the northern lower peninsula in the middle of uh, a rural area with uh, large, large trees and beautiful lakes. My wife and I have a home here. When we're not down in the uh, in the tri-county area of Detroit, uh, managing in the United Shore Professional Baseball League, uh, we get to enjoy uh, our time up here in northern Lower Michigan. Delighted to be with you. Absolutely. Well, you know, Skip, uh, a big thing for for us, I think the perspective that we love that you can bring is uh, you you managed at multiple different levels of the game you've played obviously professionally you've done all these you've done all these different things but um you have so much value because of all of the things that you've experienced you've went away from the game for a period of time and so we just think you could bring so much value to our listeners and just bring us a different perspective and lens to see the game through 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do have uh, both 30-some-odd years of professional baseball experience at every level as a player, at every level as a manager, uh, even internationally. Uh, I've got some experience managing in uh, the uh, European uh, baseball leagues. I manage the Greek national team and looking forward to going to a European championship in Dublin, Ireland in late July. And uh, I'm delighted to uh, be with you and uh, hope I can uh, share some insights with you and your and your fans. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you hopping on, Coach. Um, kind of before we get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey through the game of baseball? Yeah, I uh, grew up in Detroit, one of 13 children. So we, mom and dad kicked us out of the house quite a bit. And the only place we could go was to the playground and play ball. Had plenty of kids in the neighborhood to play ball with. Grew up uh, playing multiple sports. Ended up uh, uh, getting signed by the Philadelphia Phillies as an 18-year-old. And uh, that began my journey in professional baseball. Uh, Made it to Philadelphia at 22 years old. Spent some time in Philadelphia, Chicago White Sox, Oakland A's, Seattle Mariners, Cleveland Indians as a player was able to uh, have a unique uh, playing career, played 12 years in the big leagues. And uh, that's what got me started. And then when my playing career was over, it was a natural fit for me to go into coaching and managing and was able to do that for quite a while as well. Yeah, uh, you you made that um, switch over. And um, I know that you coached at different levels of the Cubs organization. What was it like, and what's the difference um, when coaching at those different levels within an organization like that? Well, that's a good question. And uh, basically, when you're managing in the minor leagues for a major league organization, uh, whether it's uh, rookie ball, low A, high A, double A, triple A, the real uh, goal is to develop the ball players. Uh, it's not so much winning. It's developing the ball players so that they can get to the major leagues. Uh, once you get to the major leagues, the goal is winning. So uh, it was uh, very important that uh, the managers that uh, manage at low levels realize that winning is not everything. It is the development of the young ball player, and they need to they need to put aside their competitiveness at times and make sure that everybody plays and make sure that everybody is getting coached up and uh, winning should be secondary. However, when you get to the major leagues, winning is primary. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, the the thought of just the same thing, like you said, is going to, uh, I would imagine, it's put your ego to the side. You got this, you know, competitiveness. You got someone like you that just came from being a player um, and is now coaching, and now you have to put that competitiveness to the side, put the ego to the side, and realize it's all about the players and, you know, their development. So I, I love that insight there, too. I think you might have walked into uh, – Bo's uh, spider web there of, uh, of the next question as well. Yeah, you bet. You have to develop the young player. You have to play everybody. You have to be patient with them. Uh, again, winning is secondary at the developmental level. And once you get into the major leagues, obviously winning uh, is uh, is most important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you go from, like you said, the 12-year career from competing to all of a sudden now you're coaching at some of these lower levels. What was that transition from player to coach like for you, and what struggles did you face early on? Yeah, great question. I, I uh, 
I was very competitive as a player. It was sort of a natural transition for me uh, personally to go into coaching and managing uh, ball teams. I was a catcher, and as you know, many catchers uh, go on to be managers. Uh, They have a unique perspective of the game. Uh, They're the only position that is actually facing the field in its entirety. Uh, they have to, catchers have to work very closely with the, the manager and the pitching coach and the pitchers. So they learn a lot about what the, what the manager and the pitching coach are looking for in terms of calling the game and directing a game and positioning players. Uh, and uh, there's a certain uh, trait that catchers have in terms of leadership and toughness that uh, bodes well for a managerial career. So it was pretty natural trans- transition for me. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, and uh, having retired from, a, I play, you know, played and managed for about 32 years, and then I had a, a youngster come along, and it was time, and the other two kids were going into high school, so it was a time for Daddy to come home and be a, you know, raise those kids, and so for 15 years, uh, I was out of baseball, and I became a financial advisor, really enjoyed that career. I retired from that and got back, and fortunately, I'm back into baseball, working with these young kids, having the time of my life, and uh, so it's uh, just a unique perspective uh, to, to be able to do that and to transition from being a catcher and a player to a manager and a and an advisor, you know. Yeah, and you know, Skip. One perspective I think that you have that a lot of you know major league uh, coaches will never experience is you had to step into a managerial role mid-season um, with the Cubs. You know, what was that like, and what were the biggest struggles of stepping into a team like that mid-season? Yeah, I was managing for the second year in a row for the Chicago Cubs AAA team in Des Moines, Iowa the Iowa Cubs, and uh, in 1991, uh, I, I was managing in Iowa, and uh, I got a call one night to uh, get on a plane and head to New York. It will never forget. It was May 22nd, 1991. I had heard that evening, early that evening, that they had fired Don Zimmer as manager of the Cubs, and then I quickly thereafter get a phone call to take the next plane to New York City to meet the ball club and meet up with the general manager and the uh, and the then uh, president of the organization, and they offered me the job to manage the Chicago Cubs. What was that like? That was really scary. <laughs> it was incredibly exciting. Uh, I kind of felt uh, that I was ready to take over. Uh, when I did take over, we won our first five games. I felt like manager of the year material. <laughs> and, uh, and then we uh, lost three in a row, and then we won three in a row. So I'm sitting eight and three in my first 11 games in Chicago uh, managing for the Cubs. And then we went out to a 10-game road trip to California, and that bubble burst, and we lost all 10 games. So <laughs> it was uh, frightening and scary and crazy. And uh, and uh, I, I, I joked that I ran that franchise right into the ground, and thank God in 2016 they finally recovered and won a World Series. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, the the game of baseball definitely does have its ups and downs. Um, you know, you being involved for, you know, 30, 40 years, you've experienced uh, a lot of that. Um, obviously, the game's evolved over time. How would you say your managerial style has evolved to kind of keep up with the game of baseball? Well, the the, the younger players are uh, they're bigger, faster, stronger. Technology has become a key part of uh, of uh, putting together a ball club, of uh, determining with objective data uh, just who is hitting the ball the hardest, who's hitting it the furthest. Uh, what the spin rate is on the pitchers' uh, uh, pitches and, and their velocity and the hitters. It's all about launch angle and exit velocity. So technology has really played a part in uh, putting ball teams together. Uh, the players themselves, uh, they're just wonderful. just love being around the, the kids. The, the ones that I'm managing now are 22, 23 years old. Uh, they're just wonderful to be around. They've got a lot of energy. Uh, I'm very, very patient as a, as a manager because uh, it, it's not, it's not uh, every doesn't mean everything to me. I think there are more more important things in life than uh, than, than than winning a baseball game. But uh, I would say I'm just much more patient. I have I have a lot more fun now mm-hmm. uh, managing when when winning winning is not. The, the all in all, uh, you can go out there and just have some fun and be patient and coach these kids up and don't worry about getting fired because you're not winning enough ball games. Well, you know, one thing, one thing I love is that you've been in the game for, you know, a long time. And so, you know, some of these guys, uh, some of these, you know, old school managers really haven't evolved with the game. And you seem to, you know, first off, you just mentioned every single term that they're using right now in the game and knowing about all this new technology shows that you're evolving with the game. What is, uh, is that process like, do you have a personal philosophy on, you know, how you have evolved with the game, even though you've been with it for so long? Well, when I was playing and managing all the way up in, 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 uh, in uh, professional baseball for affiliated ball clubs, uh, major league organizations, uh, we never we never talked about launch angle or a spin ratio or any of that stuff, so I was never introduced to it. I read Moneyball and uh, discarded it. <laughs> then I read Moneyball again and embraced it. And we here in the United Shore Professional Baseball League, it's a, it's a wonderful developmental league up in uh, Utica, Michigan, in the Detroit area. We we have embraced technology. We have all the uh, all the new uh, uh, equipment to measure uh, lots of different things, and uh, so we can then uh, measure our players. And I've embraced it, and we can measure uh, all of the players and measure their uh, their progress. And when we find players that we want to market to major league organizations. Uh, we can give them objective data, and that's what they're looking for. Uh, and uh, we can say this guy uh, has hit some balls at 105 miles per hour exit velocity with a launch angle of, uh, on average, uh, 12 degrees. That means that particular kid is going to hit some home runs. Mm-hmm. They strike out a lot. There is no exit velocity when you strike out and swing and miss. 
But uh, we can give objective data to major league organizations. We here in the United Shore League have sent, with only four teams in our league, over two years now in existence, with only four teams, we have sent 21 players to affiliated baseball organizations, major league organizations. We're having great success. I've embraced it. I think it's uh, it's very important. And uh, so for your listeners out there that uh, were old school like me for so long and and uh, and just uh, determined whether a player was uh, a prospect by eyeballing them and subjective data, we now have objective data that you cannot argue with. And uh, so I think it's important. Uh, mm. And uh, we uh, we have all the new technology now, so we're able to go to major league organizations with objective data. Skip, you're uh, you're just I'm just over here fist pumping. You you you've impressed me so much already in this <laughs> this short period of time. And just again with how you've evolved with the game, I'm very very inspirational. I you know um, anyways anyways I just am very impressed with you. That's all. Well, thank you, thank you. I I think uh, evolving is probably a good thing you know you you meet today's technology uh, today's young players embrace it uh major league organizations embrace it uh, because you can't argue with it yeah i love that i love that you're able to accept the way it's going and kind of accept what's true you know one thing i love talking about with some guys that have been around a little bit is their hitting philosophies um, what would you say is yours, and has that changed through the involvement of baseball? Well, having managed for so long and played for so long, I will tell you this. If you hit, you play. <laughs> uh, I love guys that go up there swinging the bat, and uh, I, you know, if guys that can hit the ball and hit it hard and hit it over the fence, <laughs> we will find a position for you to play. Now, there are exceptions in terms of uh, those defensive specialists, such as catching and and the shortstops, second basemen, center fielders, the middle of the field. Yeah, you can live with uh, a good, good defensive players at those positions if they can hit. What a bonus that is. Mm-hmm. I think I was able to play 12 years in the major leagues and have a unique career because I could uh, play the defense very well, but I also could hit the ball a little bit. So I think that's why I played 12 years and not two or three years in the big leagues. So if you hit your play, uh, go up there swinging. So be aggressive at the play. That's my, my philosophy, really. So if you could define being a manager in one word, what would it be? Leadership. It's leadership. You're leading. You're treating the guys like uh, young, like your own sons. I mean, let's face it. Uh, the, I have a 24-year-old son. Uh, you love him. You discipline him. You laugh with him. Uh, you prod them. You encourage them. You pray for them. You, uh, you know, you you show them how you, you're kind to them. So kindness goes a long way. And manners go a long way. So you correct them, you love them, you discipline them, you encourage them. So I would say leadership is most important, and that is not by words alone, but by example. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, I think we have to be true leaders to really connect with our players. You kind of touched on earlier how you stepped away from the game to be in a financial advisor for, I think it was around 15 years. What was that gap like for you? And did you ever think you were going to get back in the game of baseball? Yeah, great question. I I went at it wholeheartedly, uh, made a decision to leave the New York Yankees at the time. It was uh, 1996 was my last year in uh, major league, uh, working for a major league organization. It happened to be the New York Yankees. Uh, in I managed their one of their top farm teams, their Double A team in the Eastern League, and they happened to win the World Series that year. I got a beautiful diamond-studded World Series championship ring, 1996, mm-hmm. New York Yankees that I proudly display on some occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I uh, once I became uh, once once I decided to retire from professional baseball and go home and be a full-time father, I went at it uh, full guns and uh, loved it. It was a little scary. Uh, but uh, I had success at it. Another very unique career I had. I've had three uh, unique careers. One as a major, one as a professional baseball player, one as a professional baseball manager, and one as a, a financial advisor. Where, uh, frankly, you're very important, the responsible position to be managing and helping to uh, manage uh, family fortunes and. Uh, personal uh, finances for people and you build a lot of relationships with the husbands and wives and business people and organizations and so you become very community minded and for 15 years I did that I loved every minute of it I retired from that as well uh, and then the, this uh, this new uh, uh, this new job with the United Shore Lake popped up I was fortunate to be able to manage one of the teams there, surrounded by terrific young people, and uh, I'm delighted to, uh, to be participating in it. I winter in Florida for six months, and when I come to to the great state of Michigan, I'm able to uh, stay busy and surround myself with wonderful young people. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's not a boring retirement for me by any means. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Skip, a, a big thing is uh, it sounds like you've evolved a lot over your uh, career in baseball and especially managing. When you look back at your early years of coaching, what are some moments that you look back and laugh at yourself? Well, there's a lot of stories out there, <laughs> and some of my old players remind me of it and bring them up, and there were lots of competitive moments, and and uh, I was probably ultra-competitive. Uh, I was probably uh, – uh, maybe too aggressive at times. Uh, so as you as you get older and uh, wiser, uh, you calm down a little bit. You realize it's about development. It's not about winning. You, you realize that young people make stupid mistakes and that uh, uh, you just be patient with them. And uh, so I've just grown up, I guess, and matured. I'm 67 now and fortunate to still be out on the field. Uh, Ryan and I are still going over to Ireland. What a great thrill that's going to be uh, to participate in the European Championship over there. Uh, so keep them busy. Keep smiling. Uh, be kind to people. Love people. They love you back, and they're kind to you back. Alluding to the age through experience, after all these years, you know, you've been in the game. It's been so good to you. 
why are you still in the game? I mean, what about the game of baseball is keeping you around? Well, it's a great game. Yeah, we all, all your listeners know it's a great game, and uh, it it uh, you know uh, some of the negatives might be that the games are too long, that that it's hard to sit there for three hours. But the unique thing about baseball is you can sit there with your friends and your family and watch a baseball game, and you can chat along. You know, the ball won. So how you doing, honey? Everything okay? Yada yada. Uh, strike one. You, know, you can really just sit. It's not like hockey or football where you're on the, the edge of your seat and can't take your eyes off the action. There's some uh, wonderful pauses in baseball, some wonderful dimensions of baseball. Uh, there's box scores and radio and, uh, you know, baseball's baseball. It's the American pastime. And I know the Canadians love it as well. Uh, look at around the world, the Australians and Taiwan and Japanese and Koreans. Baseball is an international game now. It's well-beloved. And uh, so to be a part of it at this level is just a tremendous uh, blessing to me and my family. Well, you know, just like you said, I think uh, a big part of baseball and what makes it so hard in the same sense is you got to have some patience. You know, it's it's the anxiety that builds up, you know, from at bat to at bat, from pitch to pitch. You know, I think, um, you know, that's kind of part of the game. And I think it will always be part of the game. Obviously, we can do some things uh, to speed some of the games up. Um, it's funny, actually, looking at some of the statistics of, you know, the things that they've done to the game or even in the minor leagues. I've seen the clock and um, it's actually funny. I've seen guys get struck out because they didn't step in the box soon enough on the clock in the minor leagues. And then it becomes a bigger argument. Guys get tossed and all of a sudden the game takes an extra, you know, 20 minutes because the guy just got ejected. <laughs> so it's actually really funny seeing all the ways that they're trying to speed up the game. But I think, you know, some part of the game will always be that because that's how the, the game's designed. So, you know, when you watch the game today, uh, what's your favorite player to watch and why? Well, I grew up in Detroit. I've been a Tiger fan my whole life. Uh, my whole family are Tiger fans. Uh, so, you know, we've had some great players over the years here in Detroit, uh, Verlander and Cabrera and K-Line and, and uh, you know, some, some incredible uh, – Trammell just made the, the, the Hall of Fame, Alan Trammell, and, and uh, Morris made the Hall of Fame this past summer. So, you know, I uh, – I've played against and managed against and played with and managed Hall of Fame ball players. So it's been a delight to be around guys like Steve Carlton and Gaylord Perry and uh, to have managed Greg Maddox and uh, Ryan Sandberg and guys like that. So old Tiger Stadium brings back a lot of memories to me. They have the new Comerica Park now, not so new, but this is uh, Cabrera for the Tigers. Unfortunately, he, he's uh, injured and is going to be out for the rest of the season. But Miguel Cabrera is one of the finest hitters of all time. Mm -hmm. So it's been a delight to watch him here in his years with Detroit. Uh, you know, uh, I played with Ricky Henderson and uh, Goose Gossage and players like that. They're in the Hall of Fame. What a great thrill for me to be friends with them, teammates with them and even opposing players against them. So it's a great game. We have our great stars. I love, still love reading the box scores. And there's certainly a Mike Trout in today's world. And uh, some of those guys, uh, the kid from Washington. And so there's some great players. It remains a great game. 
I hope they speed it up a little bit. But uh, still wonderful to go to the ballpark and take your children and grandchildren and enjoy the day. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so awesome to hear you talk about your past experiences. Looking back at where you started and where you are now, what advice would you give to young coaches just getting started in their career? Well, you've got the amateur young the young amateur coaches at the at the teenage or the AAU or the federation based travel baseball level. Uh, they can be too competitive. They can be living their lives vicariously through their kids. Stop that nonsense. Uh, no, no, uh, you parents and families. There's no criticism of the coaches at the dinner table. Absolutely not. Uh, at the high school and college level, they're very competitive. Don't be so competitive. Uh, it, they almost have to be. If they don't win, they, they get fired. But uh, I think you can get the best out of players without, you know, screaming at them. I think that uh, it's a game that should be enjoyed at every level. Uh, I don't think managers and coaches should be losing sleep. Uh, let the major league managers lose sleep. You guys get up in the morning and go to work and have fun with your children and the kids and make it all a game, mm-hmm. not a job. Love it. So when it's all over, you know, how do you want people to remember you? You know, what What do you want them to think of when they think of Jim Essen? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I would say that uh, they'll remember me, how much fun we had how tough I could be at times, how much fun I could be, how many times I made them laugh, how well I helped them develop as uh, ball players and people, uh, and uh, how much I cared about them. Yeah, that's awesome, Skip. I think you've impacted many people's lives over the years, and I'm sure thousands are grateful for your leadership. Um, if people want to reach out to you or maybe follow your journey as it continues here, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, they can reach me at the USPBL.com. That's United Shore Professional Baseball League.com. I'm so delighted to be a part of this organization. We are, have a beautiful brand new stadium. We have revived downtown Utica, Michigan by our presence. Uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to build more stadiums. We're going to have more teams. We are the premier developmental league in baseball. We don't consider ourselves an independent league. We are a developmental league. Our players get paid. They're professionals. We send people to major league organizations, and it won't be long, and we'll have several of our former players at the major league level that were never drafted. We found them. We developed them. We can take great pride in that. That is our mission statement is to find and develop overlooked young players and get them to the major leagues. So that's a a wonderful uh, mission statement, and that's what we're all about. We're surrounded with quality, quality people, wonderful baseball people uh, that have professional, some of them have professional baseball experience. So we're doing great things here. Uh, it's it's a great uh, ministry almost, you know, as we as we help these young young men and 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 some of the young women that are involved in our organization, help them develop their skills, grow, mature, 
and uh, go on to do great things. Well, Skip, you know, we just want to thank you again for jumping on with us and scheduling us into your day. Um, thanks for sharing some of your knowledge and your experience from over the years. And uh, we, look at, we look forward to seeing what you do in the future and all, all the baseball you got left in you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been a delight. My best to you and, uh, and a, a big hello to all your uh, fan base and your listeners out there. Awesome. Thanks, Skip. You bet. Man, what an awesome interview. Definitely was crazy different than what I was expecting, huh, Bo? But uh, this call takeaway is brought to you by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was different. It was, it was pretty cool to hear um, his, his experience and his perspective on the game. What was your biggest takeaway, Joey? I mean... He just, again, like he just impressed me. Um, it was someone that's been in the game for so long. Um, you know, I, like I, me and Bo were just talking offline. It's just so funny. You know, you got 50-year-old guys or 40-year-old guys that are saying back in the day, back in the day, this is how we did it. This is how, you know, baseball used to be so much better or all these other things. And you got a man here that's almost 70 years old that's been evolving. <laughs> like I was messing with Bo. I said, he evolves like a Pokemon. I mean, this guy is on a different level and he's, uh, you know, expressing some new embracing like he said embracing the new technology he's growing with the game that's probably why he's still in the game at his age is you know he's he's evolving with it you know it's actually funny too uh when Bo and I are getting in contact with him the guy wanted the text with 70 year old wants the text I mean this guy is just on a different level I love it but what was your call takeaway Bo yeah I think that's a big one it's obvious why he's still in the game for me, I think that he touched on development. You know, lo lower levels of coaches should focus on development of players. And like he said, no coach should be losing sleep except big league managers. I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves, and that takes away from us really developing and connecting with our players. So I think we all can learn from that, especially from a guy that's been in the game for, you know, 40-plus years. Absolutely. Guys, like always, make sure to share this episode. Uh, make sure to, you know, if there's something that impressed you, I mean, obviously this guy's had so much experience in the game and so much perspective. Um, make sure to share this episode with young coaches, anybody that, you know, you think this message would be great for. Also, keep your eyes open. Me and Bo got some exciting things coming. I know I keep saying that, but it just keeps getting, I'm, in my, I'm getting more excited, Bo. How about you? I'm just, the more yeah. it builds up, <laughs> the more, more excitement I got. So, in any case, guys, just stay tuned. We got some things coming out here soon. And also, too, even though we missed you guys, happy Father's Day to all the all the fathers out there, all the guys out there playing catch, all the guys out there throwing BP and throwing their arms out and uh, tearing, tearing them shoulders to make them sons better. So, um, you know, we love you guys. Uh, thank you for everything you guys do. Um, and uh, we wish you guys a happy Father's Day. Um, with that being said, guys, just continue to follow. Let us know. Get in contact with us. Anybody you want to you, you want to be on the show, reach out. You never know. Um, you know, let us know who you guys would be a great guest on our, our next upcoming shows. But until next time, farm system out.